TII item 417, January 7th, 2017. iPhone 8 rumors and CES delights. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song called 21 Guns with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Lawrence for sending in the artwork for today's show. Lawrence wrote the following. I arrived earlier this week, arrived home from work just before sunset to see a rainbow glowing in the southeastern sky. It was quite a surprise because no rain had fallen where I stood. I snapped a few photos of my iPhone 6S. I cropped and edited this one with Snapseed app before using the Over app to apply the text. Regards, Lawrence. Well, thanks, Lawrence, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Lawrence's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 417 or at Instagram.com slash Today and iOS and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today and iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email me to me at todayandios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And again, out of music, need some music. If you created some music on iOS device, please send it in. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, after more than two years, Windows Phone still claims less than 3% of the market share. BlackBerry 10 will be launching here in the U.S. soon, and I think they will increase their share to third place and may even pass iOS in a couple of years. As I hear more and more people say they are bored with iOS, there is an opportunity for someone to come in and fire up the market again. Unquote. Matthew Miller, ZDNet, 14th of February, 2013. Um... No, not even close. It's really amazing that just four years ago, there were people delusional about BlackBerry and iOS. Okay, maybe not so amazing on the latter one. Some people are just haters of anything Apple, especially those over at ZDNet, which for some reason seemed to act like Steve Jobs and Tim Cook at some point in the past had taken their puppies, put them in a Rolex sap, and just drowned them. Um, I don't understand ZDNet's attitude towards Apple. But in this case, Matthew Miller's pretty much clueless and couldn't be any more farther off from the facts than he was. This week, we have promo codes for the app mail to widget one word, with two being a number, not the word. Here is the written review from the dev. Quote, mail to widget is a unique widget that helps you triage emails faster and more efficiently. There is nothing like this on the App Store. It lets you manage your emails without opening any mail app. 
Sort your emails as read, archive, star, report spam, or delete mails right from your iPhone lock screen with just a single tap. Mail2Widget comes with complete support for your Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, Outlook, GMX, Office 365, Google Apps, and iCloud emails in a single place. Mail2Widget can be a huge time saver for people with an overloaded inbox and is really handy for accessing and managing your emails helping you to be more productive and achieve zero inbox, unquote. Well, thanks to the devs for his review of his app, Mail2Widget, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Mail2Widget, one word, in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. My original goal for this episode was to record it all using my AirPods. However, the best laid plans of mice and men often run astray when GarageBand does not support recording from AirPods. I updated my Mac to Sierra so I could do this, but sadly, GarageBand just will not let it be. That said, if you listen to episode 87 of the Feed podcast, I did that entire episode using my AirPods over Skype, with Elsie, my co-host, recording on her side. So if you want to hear the AirPods in action over Skype and learn more about podcasting, check out the Feed, episode 87 to be specific. Link in the show notes to thefeed.lipson.com which is where you can find it. I will keep trying to get the AirPods to work with GarageBand for future episodes. I'm not overly confident at this point, but it might just mean we need to wait until there's an update to GarageBand that supports them, or they may never support them. If anyone out there is using GarageBand and was able to record from AirPods, let me know what you did. A quick search on the internet, I couldn't find anything yet out there about it. Hopefully there is a way to get GarageBand and the AirPods to work together where you can get the audio out of the AirPods and into GarageBand. But again, it might not be something that GarageBand will allow. Let's get started with some news. Apple reported a pretty good year for app sales in 2016. App developers earned $20 billion with a B, $20 billion in 2016 alone. That is up 40% from 2015. And since 2008, App devs have earned over $60 billion with a B dollars. Per the most downloaded app of 2016, well, no surprise here. It was, yup, you guessed it, Pokemon Go. However, Super Mario Run was among the top 10 most downloaded apps for 2016, which is pretty amazing as it only was available less than a single month. It came out in, in mid-December. So for it to be in the top 10 for the whole year, that's pretty amazing. There were 2.2 million apps available in the App Store at the end of 2016, and that is after Apple started purging quite a few unupdated and dead apps. That 2.2 million was up over 20% from the end of 2015, but likely if you take the dead apps into account, the growth was probably higher than that. Apple also announced that the New Year's Day 2017 that day was the single busiest day ever on the App Store with nearly $240 million in purchases on that one day alone. Apple Senior VP of Worldwide Marketing, Phil the Thrill Schiller, 
had this to say, quote, 2016 was a record-shattering year for the App Store, generating $20 billion for developers, and 2017 is off to a great start with January 1st as the single busiest day ever on the App Store. We want to thank our entire developer community for their many innovative apps they have created, which together with our products help to truly enrich people's lives, unquote. The App Store from Apple has helped create thousands and thousands of great jobs all around the world. And clearly, with over $20 billion paid out last year, it has helped change many of devs' lives. No, writing an app is not a ticket to instant riches. And there is no such thing as a sure hit, excluding Super Mario Run. But it is great to know Apple has created this marketplace where devs do have the opportunity to get paid for their apps. And they don't have to rely on annoying, get-in-the-way-of-the-apps-functionality-type ad apps. So that's one thing people forget iOS ecosystem, people actually are willing to pay apps for their apps and in-app purchases. Something that you don't see happen as much, not nearly as much, on that Android platform. Apple also announced this week the date of their next quarterly call, and that will be January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I have said for a while that this will be the quarterly call that is the most important for Apple for a long time. It will go over how many iPhones and iPads Apple sold in the holiday quarter. It will determine the price trajectory for the stock for 2017. There are a lot of estimates on where iPhone sales fell, with some rumors saying they were lower than last year, others saying Apple is back onto the positive year-over-year growth trend again. We'll find out January 31st. I think the iPhone sales will be higher than the year-ago quarter. I think iPad sales will not be. Lacking of anything new and, well, on the iPad side and and the iPad life cycle is just so much longer than the iPhones. I would say um, probably closer to five years for the iPad before you feel you need to change it out. That said, my parents still use their first-gen iPad every day and my kids still use ours as well. So five years may be conservative, as the original iPad launched April 3rd, 2010, so almost seven years ago, and people are still using it. Now that's the, big, the biggest issue with the iPad isn't that people aren't interested in iPads, it's that people just aren't upgrading to new iPads because it works so well for them. Per the financials that will be announced, um, there was a report that Apple cut Tim Cook's salary by 15%, along with cuts to others at the top of Apple's food chain. To be precise, uh, Tim Cook's cut was really that he received just 89.5% of his target bonuses. This means in 2016, Tim Cook only made $8.7 million versus $10.3 million in 2015. Man, times are tight for Tim these days. But before you feel too bad for Tim, remember, he has been CEO for five years, and that means some of his shares vested, as in 1.3 million shares, which is worth... Oh, about 136 million. Okay, so maybe things are not so tight at the Tim Cook estate. Again, should be an interesting call on January 31st. Well, if any of the analysts are out there that dare to ask Tim about the cut in his pay and those of his other top executives and why and how exactly they missed and how much they missed, we'll go over all the details of that conference call on the first episode after January 31st. This is one of the first CESs I can remember in a long time where Apple did not announce something or leak something that took the wind out of the CES sales. 
I kept waiting this week for some news, any news with regards to Apple that was clearly meant to upstage CES. Nada, zip, nothing. So with that said, there were a lot of products and accessories for iOS ecosystem that were announced or shown off at CES this year. Here are just a few of the new products announced this year, the ones that tickled my fancy, or I thought were interesting. But top of the list had to be the ILX 107, which from the name you can easily tell is a wireless CarPlay receiver from Alpine, right? It comes with an iPad Pro-ish sticker price of $900, which is actually much cheaper than the sticker price of a new car to get this functionality. The ILX 107 is, quote, an aftermarket in-dash receiver dedicated to wireless Apple CarPlay, unquote, according to Alpine. The ILX 107 is an AM-FM receiver that has a 7-inch touch display. Because it is wireless CarPlay, there is no need to take your iPhone out of your pocket or purse or to connect it. This will be available in February in North America. One of the more unique accessories and one I will not have a need for that I saw come out of CES is Withering's Hair Coach. It is a smart hairbrush designed to prevent hair damage. A built-in microphone listens to the sound uh, as you brush your hair to identify specific sounds along with the accelerometer and gyroscope to give haptic feedback to let you know if you're brushing wrong. This, the info um, is all sent via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to their companion app. It will be released sometime this fall and sell for $200. I'm sure there's a lot more it can do. But that said, they lost my interest back when I lost my hair. For those not follically challenged, I'll have a link for it in the show notes, episode 417. And again, it's, it's the uh, Hair Coach by Withings. Another item I found interesting was the D-Link OMNA 180 Cam HD. And that is a remote nanny or security cam for your home. The OMNA 180 offers the following key specs. Apple HomeKit compatibility, 180 degree field of view, HD 1080p resolution, 128 gigabytes of capacity in a micro SD card slot, two-way audio, motion detection, and it can see in the dark up to 16 feet with its night vision. It is slated to launch the first quarter of 2017. Pricing is not given, but other similar devices from D-Link run in the $150 to $200 range. Link in the show notes for this as well. And for those of you with an Apple Watch, and if your workout does not allow for wearing of said watch on your wrist, say like if you're doing boxing, which was their example where the gloves get in the way, um, but also if you play pickup basketball, where having a watch is like going to go scratch the other guys and kind of considered persona non grata if you go out and try to wear one during a pickup game, 12 South introduced the action sleeve armband for Apple Watch. This allows you to wear it on a bicep, fits arms up to 17 inches, and it is hand washable. It has built-in bumper protection to help shield against nicks and dings, so if you have an activity that prevents you from wearing anything on your wrist, this is a solution for those activities. Unlike the other items I mentioned that are coming soon, this one is already launched. It is $29.99 from their store. Link in the show notes. There were many, many other accessories that were announced this year. 
Um, if you were following the news, which one or ones were you most interested in? Which ones are you going to go ahead and pull your credit card out for? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot us an email at todayinios at gmail.com. We'd love to hear which accessories you found most interesting this year. I want to thank Casper again for supporting our show in 2017. Casper mattresses have supportive memory foam. There are no noisy springs to wake up your significant other when you try to get up in the middle of the night to sneak a snack that breaks your stated New Year's resolution. Time Magazine even named it one of the best inventions of 2015. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper mattresses. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. They offer sizes from twin to California kings with a great price. And with Casper, you get a 100-day risk-free trial period. You don't like it, you get your money back. And they come and pick it up and then donate it to charity. If you go to casper.com slash TII, use promo code TII, you'll save $50. Terms and conditions apply. This is an American-made mattress with delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. And when said mattress is delivered, it is from UPS in a squarish box that you think, no way is there a mattress in there, but yes way, there is this, and they give you this cool little tool, you cut it open, and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It really is neat. Just Google Casper mattress unboxing. You'll like the videos, they're fun. Winter is here, and snuggling down with a thick blanket or two or three is made even better when the mattress under those blankets is really comfortable. You order online, and it is delivered to your door, so no need to go out in the cold to get it either. Again, to save $50 off your mattress, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress and for supporting and sponsoring this show once more in 2017. Hey, Rob, this is Danny from Arkansas. I was listening to your last podcast, and I feel your pain on the, the new TV app. I updated my iPad to 10.2, and none of my uh, home videos or things that I'd synced from iTunes were there. But later on, I was uh, crazy enough to go ahead and update my iPhone, and on that one, they're there. Um, I just go to library, the library tab, and I have a, a um, home videos section and all my videos are there so i don't know what's going on i don't know if this is just a bug possibly a bug but anyway i'm sure apple intended it to be there because it is on my phone all my videos are there and there's no problems but none of them are there on the ipad so hopefully the next update will fix this anyway love the show take care bye danny thanks for that feedback and yeah i'm still having issues i'll talk about this a little bit more here in a few minutes into the email bag we go first hi rob I have Cody installed on my iPad Pro 12.9 and iPhone. Works great, and I'm not jailbroken. The process isn't so straightforward if you're not a techie, but it can be sideloaded with Xcode and a developer account. As for Exodus, works great, just as expected. Thanks, Rob, for the show and all you do, and I look forward to the show each week or so. Happy New Year, Ken from Fairfax, Virginia. And then we know Ken is a real listener because he says every week or so. And then... Um, Hi, Rob. On your last podcast, there was a question about running Kodi with uh, the add-on Exodus on iOS. 
Exodus is the most popular add-on with the most content. I haven't downloaded it on my iPhone, but I have downloaded it on my fourth-gen Apple TV and originally on a Raspberry Pi. I have friends that have downloaded it on their MacBook, Amazon Fire Sticks, and Google Chromecast. I haven't had any problems, nor have I heard of any. Thanks for your due. Regards, James C. Well, folks, thank you for your feedback there, and hopefully the person that was interested, in, he can go ahead and install it. And yeah, and the side load, it will require you to have a dev account so that you can get Xcode and do it that way. And you do need to be techie. And there are some tutorials out there that go over how to do that. So if you Google putting it on with Xcode, Cody and Xcode and side loading, you'll be able to find that for iOS. Hi, Rob. In the last episode, you mentioned the purchase of Super Mario Run was once was a once and done deal and that you were able to unlock the full game on more than one device. Do you use family sharing? We all have our own Apple IDs on our devices for everything, but we are linked with family sharing. I don't want to pay $40 to unlock the game for everyone, as my kids will finish the game in a week and lose interest. Let me know. I'll wait to bite the uh, $10 bullet until I hear from you. Happy New Year's, and here's to a 2017 full of your awesome podcast. Regards, Dan. Well, Dan, thanks for the kind words. And no, we don't have family share. We're all using the same Apple IDs. So it is very likely that you would be charged for the different Apple IDs. That said, if anyone out there who purchased Super Mario Run was able to do it with a single purchase using multiple Apple IDs and family sharing, let us know if that worked for you or vice versa. If you tried to do that and you were charged multiple times, let us know that as well. Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob, this is Dave from New Jersey calling. One of the things I noticed with the new iOS uh, 10 and 10.1, et cetera, et cetera, uh, if you have an iPhone 6 or 6S, well, I definitely have a 6, I noticed that um, when I put my uh, finger, like I did before with iOS 9, all I had to do was put my finger over the home button to get the phone to unlock and open. Now, with the new um, iOS 10, you not only have to put your finger over the button, but now it tells you you have to press the home button to open the phone. And I'm not too happy about that. There's a way to prevent that on an iOS 6, on a 6S, a 6 phone, iPhone 6 rather. I'd like to find a way to do that because I have a fear that as often as we turn the phone on and off, Anybody with the phone that has a 6 where you have to push the button all the time, that button's going to wear out. And I didn't upgrade to to the iPhone 7. I didn't uh, want to. I'm waiting for the uh, next year's uh, version, the 8, to do that. So maybe if someone out there knows how to uh, go into settings maybe and just open the phone by putting your finger over the the fingerprint ID uh, sensor instead of having to push the button all the time, I would uh, certainly appreciate how to know that. Great show, as always. I listen to it all the time, and it's uh, uh, the best source for uh, for iPhone information I ever found. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Dave. Thanks for sending in the voicemail message, and actually have a solution for you. Go into the Settings app, then go to General, then go to Accessibility, then go to Home button, and then at the bottom, you'll see Rest Finger to Open. And you should be able to then go ahead and do that. Now, if it's not working for you and that's already selected on, toggle it off. Lock your phone, then go to unlock it, then 
go ahead and then toggle it back on and then it should work. I know it does, I've heard reports that this does glitch. Once again, to get this, go to the settings app, go to general, go to accessibilities, then go to home button. And then once you get a home button, you will go, you will see the option at the bottom to rest to finger to open. And that will allow you to then open it without hitting the home button. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode was this question that was posted by Arthur Haskins. Quote, my iTunes quit syncing. I bought a new external hard drive to move my iTunes to bigger drive. Now I cannot sync the apps on my iPhone to iTunes. Everything else is syncing fine. Any suggestions on how to fix that? Unquote. Oh, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. See, I actually did the exact same thing last week. I purchased a 256 gig SD card drive for my MacBook Pro to give me, well, 256 gig of more storage as I was running out. And I saw this huge chunk of apps that were taking up about 150 gig on my hard drive. So I moved the folder where they were located to my SD card drive, as those are really just backups and not something you need to be on the faster drive and you don't need them all the time, but I digress quite a bit there. Um, Here is the answer I posted on Google+. On a Mac, the apps will be under Music, then iTunes, then the folder Mobile Applications. If you copy the Mobile Applications folder over to the new hard drive, what you then want to do is make an alias of the new folder or the, the copy that you made over on the new hard drive, and then move the alias from that hard drive to music and then iTunes. So you go back to the original hard drive and then move the alias there. And then change the name of the original folder to something like um, mobile applications old on your old hard drive. And then make the alias, quote, mobile applications. In theory, when you download a new app, if the second hard drive is connected, the new app should go there. And when you sync, it should work. In theory, that is. Or so I wrote in theory as at the time I had not had a chance to test and confirm that. Well, I did now test it and I did confirm the above. And what I did was I downloaded a new app on iTunes on my computer. And as hoped, it downloaded on my SD hard drive. And then I did a sync and it moved over to my iPhone 7 Plus just as it was supposed to. So it seems theory worked this time. And you can read my reply over in the Google Plus community. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,500 of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community were these comments per the last episode, which I always pin the last episode at the top of the Google Plus community. Actually, there were a lot of comments, but here are just a few. From Craig B, quote, regarding transferring home videos to an iOS device from iTunes on a Mac, I successfully transferred a home video from my old MacBook Pro stuck on El Capitan to my iPad running 10.2 with the TV app, not the video app. The videos transferred with no errors and ended up in the library slash home video section of the TV app. I don't know how my situation differs from yours, unquote. From Francisco Tapia, 
quote, listening to the latest podcast and enjoying the review of the AirPods, including the comment about the looks department, LOL. Plus, Rob Walsh, you really, you're using the argument about driving with the AirPods, really? Question mark. That's a lame excuse, and it really drives me nuts. The argument is insane. You buy a $900 iPhone and are willing to pay $160 for headphones, but won't spend the pennies to buy a stereo, car stereo, which you can nab for under $100. The library comment, how hard is it to reach into your pocket and trigger the down volume button? Lame excuse, unquote. Ouch. Lame? Really? Well, first, if you're sitting down and the phone is in your pocket, it can be difficult to get to. Uh, the same as if it's in your purse. In either case, it is much, much harder than reaching up and adjusting on the headphones like you can with the wired headphones. So you might call it lame. I call it convenience or it's more difficult. And shouldn't things be as easy? You shouldn't be making new things more difficult per the car stereo. What if you don't have the time to change it out? Or you have one of those cars that it's nearly impossible to change out without pulling your whole entire dashboard out? Or what if you are in a rental car, which you have no control of? And per changing Audi car stereo to something that does not support wireless CarPlay, in my opinion, is just throwing good money away at a bad solution. The ILX 107 from Alpine, I mentioned earlier in this episode, is really the first good CarPlay aftermarket solution that I've seen, as it supports wireless CarPlay. And it is hardly pennies, it's $900. Lame is not being able to easily adjust the volume on your AirPods. This has definitely bugged me in this past week plus when using them. There are others that um, also commented that the videos transferred fine to their iPhones uh, and were playable in the TV app. However, that is not the case for me. I keep seeing this message. Quote, iTunes cannot sync movies or TV shows to the iPhone 7 Plus because the Videos app is not installed. You must download the Videos app from the App Store on your iPhone in order to sync movies or TV shows, unquote. As I mentioned, for me, there is no Videos app in the App Store to install from Apple. Kind of stuck there. I thought maybe it was because I originally was not updated to Sierra. That is not the case because I am now updated to Sierra. I have the latest update on all the software. I am on the beta. Um, maybe that's it. But for me, I can't sync over my own movies from the movies tab section under my iPhone in iTunes. Something for me to keep looking into, but I don't know why it doesn't work for me. I know there's others it's not working for as well. And then there's others that it is working for. So really seems a buggy. Um, don't know what is different with my setup versus other people set up. To the email bag. Hello again, Rob. This is the third iOS app I've made and now have mentioned on your show, and I'm especially proud of this one. It's called PhotoWave, two words, and it triggers your camera to take a picture when it sees you wave your hands. No more going back and forth every time you want to take another photo. I'm giving it away free for the first thousand downloads, so get it quick. Regards, Christopher M. Well, Christopher, Congrats on the launch of your new app, and thanks for letting the TII community know about it. Folks, I will have a link in the show notes for this currently free app. Search for PhotoWave, two words, in the show notes for episode 417 or in the iTunes App Store. Get it while it's free. I already downloaded my copy. One of the things I try not to do between September and the end of December is talk about rumors of the next iPhone. I and 
I'm sure you need a little bit of break from the iPhone rumors. Not to mention it seems kind of silly to start talking about iPhone rumors when Apple can't even ship the current and most recent iPhone. Okay, it's January, Happy New Year, and time for some rumor catching up. The top of the list, um, there's competing rumors out there that the next iPhone, um, many believe it will be the iPhone 8 and a brand new design, curved glass and more items. Um, I'll look into shortly. Others are now going with what I'm going to call the sad trombone option. That is where the iPhone 2017 is, the iPhone 7S and 7S Plus. Same design as currently, but with a faster processor and better cameras, and maybe even the 7S getting dual camera, um, according to one rumor I read. So really, for 2017, we have the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 7S rumors. Well, except for the one rumor that says that there will be three iPhones in 2017, and you, you guessed it, iPhone 7S, 7S Plus, and the iPhone 8. Oy vey. So let's go over the more exciting iPhone 8 rumors in more detail. First is fast charging. This will supposedly be in all new 2017 iPhones, and as it sounds, will allow you to charge your iPhones much quicker, like some Android phones allow already. Rumor has it that the new iPhones will have the TriStar 3 Hydra chip, which will allow this. And hey, if they are that specific, it must be true, right? Next item is Tap to Wake. Essentially, this is another Android feature said to be ported over. You simply tap on the screen and when it's asleep, and then you get to see a screen pop open and see your notifications. That likely would be an iOS 11 feature more than an iPhone 8 feature, in my opinion. But the rumors say it's just for the iPhone 8. But, oh yeah, wait a second. Doesn't the Apple Watch already have this feature? Yes. Yes, it does. So yeah, not really a stretch on this. But I'll still say it would be an iOS 11 feature, not exclusive to just the top of the line iPhone 2017 or 2017 iPhones in general. Probably any iPhones from the iPhone 6S and on that already have 3D Touch available. Um, and before you call in and say, wait, the iPhone already has raised to wake, so why tap to wake is that important? Well, if your iPhone is sitting on your desk or in a charging dock, it's easier to just tap on the screen once to see it open up and see your notifications than it is to raise it. So yes, I do see this coming. But again, as part of iOS 11, I think we're going to see this for iOS 11 and we're going to see it for everything from the iPhone 6S and 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 greater. Maybe not for um, the iPhone SE. So iPhone 6S, 6S um, Plus, iPhone 7, and 7 Plus. Moving along, there is the glass sandwich rumor where you'll have glass on both sides and it will have an OLED screen and it'll be curved or actually have a super AMOLED screen, according to some rumors as well. All this brings us back to being able to wirelessly charge the iPhone 8. This might have been backed up by the CEO of Energos, E-N-E-R-G-O-S, uh, anyway. Steve Rizone told The Verge that it will provide wireless transmitters for charging before the end of 2017 to, quote, one of the largest consumer electronics companies in the world, unquote. And that, quote, I cannot tell you who it is, but I can virtually guarantee you that you have products from this company on your person, sitting on your desk, or a home at home, unquote. 
if this is for Apple, what is really interesting is that Energos wireless transmitter for charging is not just a charging pad. They also can charge devices from up to 18 feet away. Anyone see Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah, can't see anything bad with this. According to the rumor mill, the iPhone 8 will be larger at 5.8 inches in size. That one really seems fishy. Even on the Android side of things, those that were making 6 inches and really anything from 5.7 to 6 inches have moved down to a more standard 5.5 inches. So I don't, I don't buy that 5.8 inches. The home button says bye-bye in the iPhone 8 as well. And of course, we cannot miss out on the rumor that there will be a headset that you can plug the iPhone 8 into for virtual reality use that will compete with Oculus and Samsung per their VR offerings. Let's just say it took me a few days to recover from the first time I tried out the Oculus VR headsets. So it's not something that I'm all too eager to see. But my kids, they both sure are excited for it. All this adds up to the iPhone 8 that sits higher on the pricing tiers than the current iPhone 7 Plus. Yay! Gotta spend more. Per the iPhone 7S and 7S Plus, each of the rumors above... Um, that did not have to do with curved screens or glass backs and wireless charging had been associated to either or both, including going to 5.5-inch OLED screen for the 7S Plus, which will allow for VR applications slash headsets. The biggest argument for why an iPhone 8 in 2017 will be available has to do with the 10-year anniversary of TII. Wait, I mean, the two months later, the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone. Uh, I have even had some say that the new Apple headquarters opening this year has something to do with why they have to do a bigger, better, better, more impressive iPhone 8 to go with the Spaceship Campus opening than the more traditional um, iPhone upgrade cycle where this year would just be an S update. Still not sure how the Spaceship Campus and the iPhone 8 are connected, but some people seem convinced that they are. I will start to talk more about rumors as the year goes on, but safe to say, if there is a new iPhone 8 in 2017 with a new design, we should see a leaked photo of that or leaked photos in the April-May timeframe based on previous year's leaks. One thing that's not a rumor is Valentine's Day is about five weeks out. And forget chocolates and flowers. Think about the sheets you're trying to get between and, well, Make that your present this year. Yes, I know, kind of subtle, like a brick through a plate glass window. But hey, why be coy? Give your significant other the best sheets you have ever been between. Sheets from Bolin Branch. The sheets from Bolin Branch are made from 100% organic cotton. Not because organic cotton is a buzzword, but because organic cotton is incredibly soft. And the sheets get softer each time you wash them. We've had ours for over a year now, and they are incredible and really soft. You'll get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging for sheets of far lower quality. I really could not believe how excited my wife was to get these new sheets and the box they came in and the individual pouches for the sheets and the pillowcases. Well, the presentation was incredible. Get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with promo code TII. Again, that's bowlandbranch.com, promo code TII. These sheets are only sold online at bowlandbranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That is how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. 
But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself. 30 days risk-free. Bowling Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. They also have towels, and the ones I purchased for my wife are by far the best towels in the house. Plus, they have many other cotton products. Again, Valentine's Day is coming. Take the action now for the most appropriate Valentine's Day gift ever. Don't wait until it's too late. Go now and get some of your Valentine's Day shopping done at Bowl and Branch. Again, get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com and use promo code TII. All right, back to the rumor mills. And another rumor mill item out there is about the third gen Apple Watches. Shocker, improved battery life is one of the rumored new specs. Hmm, that was the most rumored spec for the Gen 2 as well. I think someone is reusing rumors. Third gen Apple Watches will be introduced at Apple's fall event. That also introduces the iPhone 2017. Yeah, stretch there, guys. There will also supposedly be improved sensors. Ones Apple wanted to get into the first two gens, but were not ready until now. Oh, that sounds exciting, if not completely vague. And then there is the rumor about adding in cellular connectivity. Hey, wait, that was a Gen 2 rumor as well. And you know what? That didn't jive with improved battery life rumor back then, and it doesn't jive with it now. This is starting to sound like something from Digitimes. Oh, crap. I just followed the links at the bottom um, back a few sites. And the one on Mac Rumors, there's a link to a Digitimes article. Oh, wait a second. Digitimes is just referencing a report from another paper with a link to Economics Daily News. Whew. If this was an unnamed source or sources in the know from Digitimes, we would have to delete the whole entire segment and make believe it never happened. That said, most of this is really just a rehash of the rumors of the second-gen Apple Watch from a year ago. And most other rumors also say that the third-gen Apple Watch will look just like the first two gens. There is, of course, talk of the next-gen processor, and that will be the S3, because we have an S1 and S2, so you have to be an S3. Bluetooth 4.2 was another rumor, but I think someone just looked at the iPhone 7 Plus specs and said, hey, that's 4.2 and the Apple Watch second gen is 4.0. So yeah, it'll go to 4.2. Why not? And yes, there is the repurposed rumor that it'll be thinner, which goes also well with the better battery life and cellular rumors because yeah, that's all going to work out. Honestly, I don't expect much to change in the Apple Watch rumors mill between now and the end of August. There is only so much you can guess that's going to happen there. Like, um, say, oh, I don't know, adding a camera for it. Oh, yeah, that that's in a few of the rumor posts as well. And that was added there um, at the end of last year on the rumors. That one, I feel, most likely is coming. I'm not sure if it's going to come in the Gen 3 or the Gen 4, but I, I feel a camera on the Apple Watch is coming. Um, maybe it's a Gen 4 thing. Maybe not for Gen 3. Hello, Rob. This is Stephen from Houston. Just wanted to give you a tip on uh, shopping in retail Apple stores. You talked about people following you when you walk out with a one of those now patented Apple shopping bags. Well, this is what I did the last time I was there. I was at a mall. I went into one of the less, lesser stores. When I purchased something, I asked them for an extra bag. So when I went to the Apple store, bought a couple iPads, I put the iPads in the other store's bag. 
So people walking around will just see that one other bag, not we'll see an apple bag. Well, that's a little tip. I mean, if you want to show off that you went to an apple store, go right ahead. For me, for safety reasons, I chose to use a generic store brand's bag. Or you can bring one with you to the mall where when you can go shopping at the Apple Store. Well, have a great day. I enjoy your show. Bye. Steven, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Long-time listener since day one. Love the show. I received my AirPods, thanks to your TII push, ordered right away, and they arrived two days early. Love them. Thanks for the push. Noticed that the little case is getting scratched next to my keys in my pocket. Can't keep the case in the other pocket because that's where the phone is. Well, you know that little pocket in the jeans right above the front pocket? That's shaped like a little triangle? I finally found a use for it. It, it fits perfectly for the AirPods case. And it keeps it from getting all scratched up and keeps the case handy to get out your of your pocket quick. Keep up the show, Rob. You help a lot of people, and we appreciate it. Regards, Joe G., formerly from Miami, now back home in St. Louis. Joe, thank you for that tip. Back to Emabeg. Rob, you were talking about a nightstand charger your wife would like. Check out the EverDock by Fuzz Design. I don't have an Apple Watch, but I use the version for my iPad and iPhone and really like it. Regards, David M. David, thank you for the heads up on that, and I will pass it by the wife and see if that meets her high standards. Thanks to all that sent in links to this next one. It is about the Elago W3 Stand Vintage Apple Monitor Supports nightstand mode cable management for Apple Watch Series 1 and 2. Whew, that is a mouthful of a name for a product. This is an Apple Watch charging stand that looks like the original vintage 1984 Mac. Brilliant! It is just $14.99 plus $3.99 for shipping via Amazon. Link in the show notes and not an affiliate link. And sorry, no free shipping for us Amazon Prime users. Hmm or I would have probably already purchased it. That said, I'll probably get this because, well, it's an Apple Watch stand that looks like a vintage Mac. How can I not purchase this thing? But again, thanks to everyone that sent a link in, and I will be getting one shortly. They're actually still in stock. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I'm leaving a little message. I'm having an a ongoing issue with, um, I have an iPhone 6, 6S Plus, and I'm um, having this issue where... My iMessages, just uh, people send them to me, and they only come to my iPad and not onto my phone. And then when I try to send iMessages from my phone, it just fails. Um, I think I'm pretty much just going to have to already talk to Apple support, and they tell me to wipe it and come, you know, and restore from backup. I think I'm just going to have to wipe it all together and see if that works. I don't know if anyone else is having any issues like this. It's been it's a ten it's on ten point one point one. I did have it on the beta and rolled it back when the iMessage thing stopped, you know, because I had a backup, and uh, it just has continued even throughout, even going back to the regular um, iOS. So, just wondering if anyone else is having this issue, and if anyone has a fix that doesn't require wiping your entire phone, I'm probably gonna end up doing it anyway. But I guess I was just uh, seeing if there's anyone else out there having the same issue, or if there's uh, any. Uh, other uh, tweak that can be made that maybe I didn't know about. So thanks a lot. Love the show. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thanks for the voicemail message. Sorry to hear the issues you're having. If anyone out there can help Justin, give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. 
back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have a troubling FaceTime issue that I'm hoping you or one of your listeners could offer some advice on. My wife was making a regular voice call to me recently, then during the call switched to FaceTime. For some reason, the call disconnected before I answered FaceTime. Now, here's the weird part. My wife tried to call me on FaceTime again. My name and profile image appeared as the FaceTime call connected, but to her shock, a total stranger appeared. The man on the other side of the call was just as surprised as my wife. They spoke briefly, and he had no idea why the FaceTime call had come through to him. Long story short, I deactivated and reactivated FaceTime on both our iPhones, but my wife still connected to the stranger when trying to FaceTime me. We've since both disabled the FaceTime as a precaution while also changing both our passwords and reviewing all our security settings and authorized devices. Neither of us has ever had this issue before. Both of our Apple IDs have had two-factor authentication and strong passwords for as long as I can remember. There were no old phone numbers or email addresses listed in either of our contacts entries, which I thought might have caused the issue. Looking on the Apple support forums, I've seen this This is not a unique issue with a number of people experiencing the same problem. Do you or your listeners have any suggestions on what might have caused this, or should I just put it down to a random FaceTime bug? Thanks for the podcast and keep up the great work. Best regards, Joe in Australia. Yikes, that is a really strange issue, Joe. Uh, If anyone out there else has had this issue, and more importantly, anyone else has had this issue, and has been able to fix this issue, let us know. But either way, let us know. I want to see how unique this is. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Hi, Rob. Following the rumors on the AirPods way back in the day, uh, where it was saying they weren't going to be launched until February, well, before they were announced that you could actually buy them, two days before Apple actually released them, I decided I couldn't wait any longer, and I purchased a pair of Powerbeats 3 from a local store. They have the same W1 chip as the AirPods, so I expected them to work seamlessly with my Apple Watch 2, iPhone 7, and MacBook Pro. I switched them on, pressed the button that showed on my iPhone screen, and they paired immediately. Very impressive. Unfortunately, that's where the magic ended. The phone worked perfectly, but the voiceover for my watch came from the watch speaker, not the headphones. The same with my MacBook. All the devices showed the headphones as paired, I was able to switch the output on my watch to the headphones manually, but this stopped them working with the phone. I called Apple support and was told that the Bluetooth only allows a single connection and that the headphones were working as they should. I disputed the statement and explained that I have a pair of Trek Z titanium and a cheap pair of X7 Bluetooth headphones. Both use multi-point technology that allow voiceover to be heard uh, from the watch and the phone at the same time. Visor said that if I have devices that do what I want, I should stick with them, and he advised me to return to Powerbeats for a refund, which I did. Two days after the disappointing setback, Apple released the AirPods. I have not yet ordered a pair because they have the same W1 chip, and I suspect that they will work exactly the same way as Powerbeats. I'd be grateful if you or listeners could let us know what their experience is with the AirPods using voiceover on multiple devices. I can't see the point of Apple hyping this super simple connectivity if you have to manually switch between devices every time. 
still on the show. Regards from Stuart Duncan Dundee, Scotland. Well, Stuart, thank you for writing in the kind words and sorry to hear of the issue. Glad you got the refund. And I'll throw this out there. If anyone knows if you can use voiceover simultaneously for multiple devices with the AirPods, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MUNDARG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob. It's Brent out here in Oklahoma City. Um, I'm calling in response to some voicemail problems mentioned by a caller on the last episode, as well as your voicemail woes that you're having. Um, I was, too, having a lot of voicemail issues like you. It was taking forever to get the notification like that, and I just gave up on the actual built-in voicemail on the phone, and I actually went to an app called Umail, and that's Y-O-U, Mail, and it has been the best thing that I've ever done. Basically, it takes the place of your virtual voicemail, but it, too, is virtual voicemail, but a couple of, well, several things I like about it. One of the main things is that I can actually tap on when somebody leaves a message and it will actually put speaker of the phone rather than headset um, or, you know, up the ear earpiece of the phone. I just, you know, mostly I'm around where I can do that and I'm not having secret voicemails or anything like that. So that's convenient for me. But there's a ton of other stuff you can do with that. You can block people. You can have uh, certain people get different greetings. You can even pay a little, and it will transcribe your voicemail for you so you can just read it rather than have to listen to it. There's a smart uh, greeting where it will actually announce the person's name and say, you know, hi, so-and-so, thank you for calling and everything. But anyway, U-Mail is what I recommend. It's free. There's a few things that they charge for on the uh, app store, uh, inside the app, but for the most part, it's free. Anyway, check it out. I think you guys will like it. Thanks. Bye. Brent, thanks for the voicemail message. And I actually used to work with Umail. I, back in the day, I worked for a PR company for a short period of time, and we were their PR company, and that was back in 2007, I think it was. Yeah, early 2007. Uh, for a few months, I worked for a PR company, actually flew out to California and met with the CEO of the company at his house, which was beautiful. It was in Malibu, overlooked the ocean. And I'm totally going off topic here, but they shot an episode of 24 there. And that's why I wanted to mention it. So anyway, yes, Umail is a great app and application and folks check it out. There have been some posts and comments in the Google Plus community about the app Finders for AirPods. The dev sent me a promo code for this app. I have not had a chance to fully test it out before I got into recording and doing today's episode. I will do so and report back on the next episode, and I've seen mixed comments on it. What I'm going to do is hide one of my AirPods somewhere in the house, give my wife my phone and the app, and see if she can find it. Then do the same with my sons, and then see how it works from that. To me, that is the real world test of finding something you lost in your house with an app that says it can find it. So if they can do that, I will report back and let you know. And if it can't, I'll let you know that as well. Hi, Rob. Here is a Hey Siri question that I don't think you've used on the show before. Ask or say, let's dance. Regards, Mark. Mark, thanks for the suggestion. Let's dance. Let's put on the Footloose soundtrack and find an empty warehouse. Let's dance. Great. Grab your partner. Oh, that's me. 
Let's dance. Dancing burns calories and is a great way to meet partners. I like square root dancing. Yeehaw. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products that you've ever owned with free shipping to boot. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback for the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment about something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or a rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for a new artwork to feature uh, on the show that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you'll save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. Finally, check out the updated TII app, which is free to you. We now have the Apple Watch app included. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released and whenever there's breaking news. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.